Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. And again, like Amy just said, thank you guys for being here. All those that are on the call right now, um, you know, taking time out to talk and listen, have a conversation uh, means a lot. That means you find value in learning something different, maybe something new and fresh. But I appreciate you all for being present. Raquel, I want to thank you publicly for taking time as well. I had asked Raquel to join me in this, and she said yes. So thank you. <laughs> so with that being said, I just want to show you something real quick. This is uh, emotions. And we're going to talk about this because emotions are really what I focus on. So, you know, what's happening now in our culture? What You guys all know this, and you probably have had other calls you've been on where you've actually had a conversation about what's happening. You've listened to the news. You've, um, you're probably in your home right now, you know, listening to this. And so with that being the case, there's an undertone that is there, and it's a fear undertone. And like Jim Rohn, who was my mentor, a personal mentor of mine, who really, I personally believe, saved my life when I was in a, a, a spin cycle of negativity, even though I was successful in sales, really got me involved in learning about the emotional uh, mindset and how the mind works, really more importantly, how the subconscious mind works. And uh, so with that being the case, I find that this thing we're about to talk about is probably not the thing we normally talk about, but it's probably one of the most important things we hone in on when we're dealing with our employees, we're dealing with our customers, and most importantly, how we're dealing with ourselves as we're going through this. So, you know, the significance of this COVID-19 outbreak, uh, the employees' personal and work lives have changed, and all of us, I can't even say our employees, I should say all of our lives have changed right now. But with that change, there is a big part of that is called anxiety. There's some frustration with our family members. I've seen photos of people taping their kids to walls. Um, you know, you have all these different ways of showing how you're dealing and coping with it. And we usually do it through laughter because that is a human nature to kind of make ourselves feel better. But if you're a leader, and I see some of you I know, some of you I don't, um, but a lot of you know me as an NLP practitioner. You know me as a licensed behavioral coach, and I love infusing neuroscience and emotional intelligence to everything I do, but I kind of focus on the street smarts to it, not the technical terms. But today, I'm going to show you a little bit of the technical stuff because I want you to see how you, apl applying these technical terms into your relationship with your employees, with yourself, will help you not take things so personal. You'll see it as this is a human response to a human circumstance. And when you're able to see that, you can actually tweak those emotions physically and emotionally and you're able to get things in, in a place where you want them to be. So I want you guys to just take a minute and just work with me a little bit. I'm going to give you a lot of information. I'm also going to ask you to ask questions because I want you to prone, uh, poke into things that interest you because that's going to be the major player in everything. So now... Some of you are going to hear some things that you've heard from me before because we've worked together. Um, but some of you I've never talked to. Some of you I've known on LinkedIn. And thank you guys for being present to hear me for the first time. So I thank you for that. So human nature. Now, what is human nature? Well, right now our human nature is stress. <laughs> but what we tend to do is we look at the one thing that stands out to us. And sometimes that one thing is the, the smallest thing, the 10 to 20%. We focus on the issue and not the benefits. We create stressful and frustrating and unfulfilling experiences through focusing on the little thing. And, you know, one of the people I studied to, to the nausea was Carl Jung. And he speaks on the fact that human nature, we have the potential to know what to do, but human nature is to 
first focus on our ego. And it's really difficult to learn to do new things when it means we're going to look stupid because we've never done it before. So because we want to look good and seem confident and seem like in control, we normally repeat the same behaviors over and over again because of our ego, not wanting to let go and learn something new. And one of the famous things he said was, you have to be a fool before you can be a student, before you can be a master. And I want you guys to think about all the things you've learned. I've been, a, you know, some of you know, I've been a trainer for many years, training, traveling the country, training, working with some of you, working with a lot of loan officers and leadership. And how many of us will say, honestly, have gone back to doing the same behaviors? We might have taken a course, but we go back and repeat the same things over and over and over again. And that is because it means we have to become a student. And in our culture, being a student doesn't get you followers. Being a student doesn't bring you success. You have to have the Mercedes to be able to work with the successful people. You can't drive up in your Tercel and say, I'm a success. It doesn't mix. So it's very hard for us to find ourselves in that space. But with that being the case, I'm going to ask you guys to really understand what I'm going to share with you today is the way to be a student of science that's going to help you be better at being a leader and being able to curve the appetite of your employees right now when it comes to this fear. So now I said that because I want you to literally look at what these thoughts are here. And you guys use the chat box if you want. I know Raquel, you see the chat box right there. So any questions, please just feel free to interrupt me and ask and ask the questions, okay? But a lot of us are asking these questions. How's my business going to survive? Um, what if I lose my job? Even if you're in sales, this is universal. It doesn't matter if you're a manager, a leader, a frontline employee, all of us are wondering, where is this going to take me? Is my job in jeopardy? Even some of the people that are in the, the mandatory jobs right now, will I get the virus? That's their concern. We all have these fears. Now, on top of those fears, we also have this thing going on. If you guys remember, if you're old enough to remember the Truman Show, Truman starts second-guessing his reality. And that's what's happening right now with a lot of your employees. I promise you. Many of your employees, including many of you possibly, are starting to question how much effort you've put into a company that might be gone next month or next year or might not support them next month or next, next few months or even next week. People start to think about what if I did this instead? Did I plan ahead? Did I make the right decisions? Why am I been working 40, 50, 60 hours a week and here I am worried if I'm going to lose my job? I'm telling you, you guys, the subconscious is taking this experience and it's going to be embedded into the emotional memory of everyone in this country and the world. And everything that they were doing is going to be associated with those negative experiences. So I want to show you how that happens and I want to get you some tips on how you can as a leader, even if you're talking to your peers. And Raquel is going to chime in on this as a social media person when you're talking to people, some of the psychology that needs to be infused when you're dealing with them. So give me a second and just let me entertain you a little bit on some of this. I'm going to give you a biology degree really quickly in a few minutes, and you're going to learn about how your brain works, and not just yours, but everyone else's. Now, the difference is in 2008, we had a crash. Our industry, especially the mortgage industry, had a crash. 9-11, uh, we had an impact. We were frozen and stuck in time. But, you know, we also had a crash in 1840. Uh, we also had a, a stock market crash in 1929. We also had a, uh, the bubble of 1987. We've had moments that have frozen us, but we've been able to get back on track. This one's completely different because this one's very personal and it's very 
secretive because we can't see it. We can't point the finger at something in our house or a business. We can just say, if I go here, I might get it. If who knows, it could just pop up anywhere. That's a big difference. So with that being the case, you've got these questions that are coming up. Now, I want you guys to look at these and, and anybody is willing, just chime in. If you see any of these questions that you might be thinking or popped in your head, let me know. Let each other, look. Tell, tell us, have these popped into your head? Now, I'll give you a second just to look at some of these. Or these feelings, I should say, and they're not really questions. These are more feelings that pop up. If anybody has any feelings, Okay, I'm getting a couple here. Thanks, thanks for sharing. Now, here's what I want you to think about. I got some people are saying, of course, a lot of them, um, canceling long-term plans, work-life balance is messed up. I mean, all these things are popping up. Now, I want you to pay attention to what's happening. When you have these thoughts, and they're happening all day long, this is my little signature little session here. I want to tell you, these are called emotions. Now, these emotions are just, well, a few, but these emotions are what you're feeling. The ones in orange are the ones that you might be feeling when you're thinking those processes. But how you respond to people, how you might come across, are the ones in white. People might feel you're judging them, but it's, you're not really judging them, but you're feeling, you know, you're feeling against the wall, so you look at them crazy and you feel judged. So emotions have a t few layers, but those layers internally are much greater, and I'm going to show you what that means, because when you have negative feelings, it shuts down what you just saw, this area of your brain that's red there, it's kind of grayed out a little bit. That's, that's really your, the neocortex of your brain, and that neocortex is really where your logic lies. It's the only place where you and any other creature on the planet are different, is that the, you have 40% of your brain is the neocortex. You can have dreams, you can psychoanalyze why you went left, change your mind, go to school, not go to school, you know, call in sick for a day, whatever you want to do. That's logic of your brain. You're the only animal on the planet that has the ability to make a choice. Every animal on the planet lives by instinct and has no reason or rhyme or why they do what they do. They just do it. But you're the only creature on the planet that lives by a choice. Now, when cortisol, which is a we all know we've been using this word a lot, and it's actually become so mainstream that it's almost kind of watered down to the severity of it. We need it. It is one of the chemicals that helps us with fight or flight response. But on a long-term process, going over a period of time, if we continue with the stress of feeling against the wall, loss of control, worry, feeling depressed because we had to change our plans or we don't know if we're gonna keep our job, it's going to weaken your immune system because cortisol inhibit, inhibits the white blood cells and it promotes the body to hold on to weight because in a way of survival, the body has to hold on to weight because it needs it for energy. So you gain more weight. And so, you know, if you put it in perspective, a lot of successful people or a lot of stressed people have are overweight because of the stress hormones. They, it contributes to their heart attacks. It's been known to create that fight or flight response. And that fight or flight response What's happening is it's shutting down the neocortex. That part of the red part of your brain that I'm showing you right there is being shut down. That negative thoughts create the hormone, the chemicals like adrenaline as well. Adrenaline is a good thing. We need it in competition. We need it in sports. We need it in driving, trying to get somewhere in time. It's a good thing. But over a long period of time, it can damage you personally and physically. Now, even if you're watching TV and you're hearing the news about all the dread it's going to drive the same chemical because the subconscious doesn't know the difference between real and fake. 
which is the reason why when you watch a scary movie, your heart still palpitates, even though you know it's a fake movie and you know there's a smoke machine and that's a guy in makeup. The body doesn't know that. So you have to know that you're being impacted by all the news. And so one suggestion real quick is to let you know if you, sh what I do, I call this thing called NOSO24, I give myself at least a full day of not watching any TV, not listening to what's going on, because I need to separate myself from all the subconscious subliminal messages that are telling me that I'm going down, because I'm not. So I want you guys to just keep that in mind. It's a very important thing to do for your mental state. Now, everybody has this. Now, I want you to know that here's, here's what I want you to understand. It's much like caffeine. Our bodies become conditioned to feeling the same things over and over. So the chemicals that you produce, like stress, it becomes the norm of your life. It's something that you find, is, this is normal for me. This is what I'm used to having. This is how I live. I live under stress, but that's how I roll. That's kind of the thing we go with. But the given example of what that's like is if you are a person who is accustomed to having caffeine at 6 a.m., like I know Raquel is, she loves Starbucks, and um, for me, if I don't drink my coffee by 6.30, I start feeling it, right? You guys can maybe get a headache. You might feel lethargic. The same thing happens with the way you think, and it becomes habitual to feel these feelings. So even though you're stressing, and you, because it's normal, you don't realize how bad you're stressing. You don't realize what it's doing to you. And so now people are now in a habit of stress. We're going to live for I don't know how long. I think, Raquel, you're in Virginia, right? You're, you're mm -hmm. homebound till. June, I believe, right? That's kind of June 10th. Yes. So that feeling of whatever that feeling is that you condition yourself to believe the feeling is can easily become a habitual way of thinking, and it's going to be something that just becomes the norm. So the goal is how do you change the norm into something that's going to give you the better, um, I would say, chemicals. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of things I want to share with you that's going to be very important to keep in mind with this. Depression has increased by over 400% in this country before this happened. Before this happened, depression had already increased by 400%. I'm working with a group, an organization right now, and Perfectly Perfect, which is really focusing on how that is impacting our world. And social media incorrectly is doing a lot of damage to that. That's another reason why I have Raquel and I are working together, making sure that we can help curve the understanding of what social media is and what it's for. But many of us on this call are battling depression because seven out of 10 people that work for a company are what we call right brain thinkers. Now, the underwriters, if you're in the call, no, no offense, people that are analytical, they're considered left brain thinkers. People that are into numbers, who can, who are social, who might are comfortable with, you know, having a task and sticking to it. But people like Raquel and myself, we're very social creatures. We're also creative creatures. We also dream a lot. We have ideas. We can't sometimes put them in paper, but we have some great ideas. Those people struggle in corporate America already. 70% of them who work for you feel like they're stifled because there's process and procedures already in place. I myself have been you know, told I'm not the best employee because I'm creative. I don't like to live in the box. I like to think outside the box. I've been having, I've had struggles with working for a company and being told that I can't do something that seems natural to do as a human, but unnatural to do in a business. So you got to understand you already have people that are working for you who don't want to be there anyway. And now with this on top of it, they're starting to think, what do I want to do? Because I'm creative. So they're starting to get there. Another thing to consider, and this is happening a lot. I want you guys to, I've been hearing some calls. And I've been talking to some people who have come to me about this. They say, you know what? I wish I had done this sooner. My work from home people, everybody's at home. 
we're doing better in production. Has anybody seen that happen in their world right now? Production has gotten better. And use the chat box, please. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of yeses. Yep, Kevin, thank you. Um, <laughs> Joy, <laughs> you haven't put a lot, right? So, and Tammy, definitely, right? Well, let me give you a little understanding of why that is. And so you guys should understand, don't, and I hate to be the negative Nancy, or I should say negative Nick or something. I'm not Nancy. But please understand, this is very important to put in perspective. This study was done, this Dobson Law study was done, and it was actually showing you that increased anxiety creates, uh, improves production always. It's like a sports. If you're at the bat and you're about to swing, you have that adrenaline in your, in your heart, in that body is, is pumping. Adrenaline and cortisol are the same reaction in the body. So stress under negative or positive creates the same physical environment. Your heart palpitates faster. The blood moves to the muscles. You become less um, focused on being organized with just getting things done, getting to the end result. But over a long period of time, as you see the results, you had a peak, and then it drops drastically. And I want you to know why. It's because your body can't and your subconscious cannot maintain anxiety at long periods of time. So what do people want to do when it happens? They look for outs. They look for escapes, depression, um, addictions, um, looking for another job every day, trying to tell people, I hate my job. And it starts bleeding out in their complaints about their job. They come home talking about how they feel about working for you or working for your company. That's because the anxiety does not help long periods of time. So even though you might feel that this is a good thing, just know it does not last over time. And there are some tricks I'm going to show you. We're going to get into more of a tangible action items you guys can do in just a minute. But I want you to know that just I don't want you to have false sense of security with that because it's under wrong pretense. Now, so let me go to the next slide. Some result wasn't moving. So here it is. Communication is not just words. It's all about communication. Like I said earlier, watching a movie, your body responds. Hearing words, your body responds. And an NLP practitioner, and I'm trying my best to get this NLP stuff into our mortgage industry, has been a passion of mine. And it's really difficult because we're so conditioned to live the way it's been done. And after 2008, we are focused on process, procedures, CRMs, compliance, all these kind of things that keep us safe because we want to produce. But at the same time, if you think about all the words we use, from the words, I need you to get me, I need you to get this, what's happening with these numbers, I need you to close this deal. Uh, you know, all those need, need, needs create stress. So communication is the key. And it's not just words. I mean, the word pullover, no, it can be misinterpreted. Things are misinterpreted all the time in words and in emails. And those words create paradigms. And those paradigms create emotions. Those emotions create people's belief systems and how they feel about what they're doing. So I'm going to give you guys some tricks, and this is where Raquel and I are going to talk. And Raquel, this is where I want you to chime in because these are nine ways words become emotions. And this is really going back to the virtual leadership because you are going to be focusing more on words now than you ever had before. You have to because in the previous sense, you had an environment where you, people were also taking in side subconscious triggers that gave them the paradigm in which they felt. Now it's their walls and they're getting closer and closer and they see you on a one dimensional screen. So your words are gonna to have to be much more heightened. You're gonna have to be much more, uh, I would say cognizant of the words you're gonna be using. So two of the things I'm gonna bring up, this is where Raquel's gonna chime in, is really the 
the atomic, and then the assuming. Those are very important things to understand. When you're talking to anybody, you got to know every word you say has a chemical reaction in the body. It's going to spurt like a spark in the brain, and it's going to create a certain chemical, and it's going to create a certain emotion. And I can give you a list of words you can be using that's going to help your people feel better and not feel stressed, even in stressful times. We're going to get there in a minute. But Raquel, go ahead and talk about some of these. As a person is doing video, you're on social media, go ahead and share with them some of the things you and I were talking about that, that needs to be shared with leaders on, on, uh, in the situation. Well, I think most of us can agree that at times like this, we turn to, you know, video that I think would make you happy, would make you laugh. I know that personally, laughter helps. So I try to do my best to in turn, when I'm doing my videos or social media, I try to put, you know, a funny spin to it, if you will, because you know, if I speak negatively or if I talk about too much fear or, you know, how I feel in a negative sense, it's only going to make the other person on the other side feel the same. So I do my best to be happy. I mean, obviously, you know, I have my moments. We all do. We're all human. And, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable. But I do understand how powerful being positive can be. So I try to always smile, maybe laugh. Um, but, yes, just try to use words that um, are going to evoke positive emotions instead of negative. Well, go, back to, go back to what you said earlier. And you, you said something very important, the, the concept of laughter, the concept of, you know, being human. But is it as a leader, do you think that leaders should speak about their worries and concerns to their employees or to other people? Well, it's interesting because I did have a call earlier with someone else and we were talking about that topic about leaders because a lot of leaders feel that they need to come across in a certain way, right? That they're strong, they're the rock, um, they're the motivators. And yes, that is true. But at the same time, I personally feel that if I know that they at least have, you know, some fears, but they're, you know, using certain, uh, what you will like i want to know what is helping them for instance like if i if i everyone's faced with the same thing right now we're all in this in this we have the, we're in the same boat so i want to know as a leader what are you doing to help others so yes you can say you know i have some fear or there's some doubt but this is what i'm doing these are the solutions because we need to know what the solutions are so if you say there's a problem then you need to provide a solution so I think you can. Yeah, and great point. But just bring, yeah, but just great talk point. about that solution. We're going to talk about that in a minute because that goes back to what we're going to share in a minute is that when you have solutions, you have to include an action from your employee or your peer to involve themselves in that action. If you're doing it on your own, then people are waiting for that to happen and there's still the comfort because they don't know, they have no power. You don't want to take their power away. You want to give them some power in the process. It can be a mundane power. It can be something where just, I need you to make a couple of calls here. I'm going to do this. And that's going to help us get to that. That That's the key is really involving them in the process and not to Brock Hill's point, not giving them the feeling that you got this when no one else does. Because none of us know knows the severity of where this is going. We should just be honest. Yeah, I don't know, but this is what I'm going to do about this. And so turn the tide on what you do have some control over, and I'm going to need your help doing it. So giving people that, that autonomy to be able to work with you. And it could be the frontline employee. And I think it's amazing that, you know, 
all the things that are going on, the people that we're relying on right now are the really the doctors and nurses. But I, you know, I was at the store the other day. I mean, I live in Texas and at Kroger. And I was thinking, wow, these young kids that work in the counter, they're seeing people back to back. I know their parents have to be stressed that their kids are working at a grocery store, you know, and it's just a matter of these frontline employees are, are out there doing this. So, you know, are they feeling empowered? Are they feeling confident? Are they feeling stressed? And every time I go there, they're feeling stressed because even their leadership doesn't understand the importance of that. Um, so just keep that in mind. Okay, Carlos, I get it. And then there was, a, there was a, a question. Um, so how do you balance the seriousness of the situation and also trying to be funny and positive? I mean, you can do it a way that you're not tone deaf to the situation, right? I mean, obviously there's ways, I mean, for instance, there's a guy on, on LinkedIn and you guys might have seen him, but his name is Michael Ray and he's, every single post that he does is about smiling and spreading kindness and he has yet to say anything negative and it's just him smiling and being goofy with his daughter and it's amazing how many people are you know taking it in and are so happy and so there is a way because i think we all are showing grace and empathy that we all understand that we're trying to cope with this and so many of us cope with it by being funny and laughing so i think that you can definitely still be serious well i've been taken seriously so it's not necessarily you know being serious but be being taken seriously and at the same time being able to shed some light and some laughter for others yeah you know kevin made a good and that's a great question because in my opinions and it's just what raquel raquel said there's enough people out there giving you the serious situation, you know, so you don't need to give any of the same and you'll see that, you know, I'm, I grew up in Hollywood. I was in the Hollywood industry. I worked in Hollywood as a talent agent and you found one boy band made it. And all of a sudden you saw 20 new boy bands that almost looked identical to the one that was the first. And that's because people tend to mimic what everybody else is doing because it seems safe. And you'll see even now we see the same, we see people on social media sharing the same thing versus sharing something a little unique and different. And to like you said, Michael's Ray, his, his whole thing is something completely different and people are finding it. Let me just escape to see him smile with his daughter. And that's the difference is really understanding. There's already enough out there focusing on the negatives. You don't need to, you can send a, 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 a a white sheet or a pamphlet and let them read it, but then focus on whatever is going to make people, you know, lean into you versus lean out. So keep that in mind. That's a great question. Thanks, um, Kevin, for bringing that up. And I wanted you guys to actually know that. But here's a couple of things I just want you to know as leaders, if you're teaching people virtually, here's a couple of words. If you have a pen, write them down because I don't have a slide for it. But I want you to know, you use if you use words like, hey, I need to talk to you, that's going to create a stress. Uh-oh, are you letting me go? It might just be a question about a file, it might just, but if they haven't talked to you yet, the moment between getting to you and doing whatever they're doing, that stress hormone of cortisol is going to skyrocket and shut down the neocortex. So it's a simple thing. Um, uh, you know, if you say things like, hey, uh, when would you be done with? You're putting them in a confinement restricted space of uh, feeling. They're already feeling confined. So just keep things like that. And what's wrong, you know, you don't normally say what's wrong with you, but you might say things like, I disagree, or I don't think so, or no, it's not going to happen. Those kind of words are very absolute. And people, when they're under stress, don't want to feel pushed. And ab words of absolute make people feel pushed. And that goes in very important with your clients as well, if you're dealing with customers, especially now. So um, I can give you a list. Actually, at the end of this, Amy's going to send you guys out. I created a booklet for you. Um, and it's really just a, a playbook on words and things you 
you can do to help virtually with people. It's something that just from an NLP perspective and also from a behavioral coaching perspective you guys can have. So once this is over, I think uh, Amy's going to send it out to you. Um, but again, those are things to think about. Now, because of time, I can't get into detail with it, but it's very important to know. But here's the thing. I just want to show neuroscience has proven thoughts and emotions impact us physically. And like I just showed you a minute ago, it controls most of the reactions we have in life. And it's going to imp impact your service and your brand. So I'm going to give you a couple more things to look at. And this is where Raquel is going to chime in as well. To build your alliance, you have to communicate. And I'm saying literally on a physical level, no less than three times a week, virtually. It has to be. And um, if you are – and I, I have – Friends, I even have very close friends that are working from home since for the last two weeks and still have not had one interaction with their leader, with their boss. That is unheard of right now. You know, it is literally unheard of. So I just want you to know, no less than three times a week, you should be touching base with somebody virtually. Create video buddies two times a week, meaning that if you have a, they have a peer they should be talking to at least two times a week. Outside of you, there should be at least five virtual meetings a week going on. It does not have to be about business. It should be literally 80% less business, 20% business. Um, is collaborate, new ideas. You should be coming up with new ways of doing the processes. Always talk about when this is over. What ideas can we implement when we get back to normal and whatever normal might look like. But you want people to imagine. The word imagine is a childlike word that makes people feel Good. Makes people imagine positivities. Imagine when we get back how we can streamline this process now that we've been here and we got through this. Imagine that. And start using words like imagine. That's going to make people think ahead. Here's a couple other things that are very important to think about. Have non-business meetings for just, hey, I'm just calling to check on you. I just want to say hi, you know, or share something that's going on. Because what you're doing is you're trying to build three things. You want to build trust. You want to give people what they call in psychology the locus of control and you want them to feel like there's progress, which is a childhood touch point. Everybody has a trigger of wanting to feel like there's hope, there's progress going forward. So these things that I just showed up here, does anybody want to ask any questions about the bullet points below that you have any questions to? I just want to chime in. I think this is really important as, you know, if, as an employee of a company, you know, I'm, I'm looking to my leadership, looking to the company, seeing how they are reacting during this situation. And if they're doing all of these bullet points, you know, I'm going to be more inclined to promote the company. I'm going to be more inclined to stay with the company because I've heard a lot of people say that they are ready to leave certain companies because of the way they've been handling things, the way the leadership is. I mean, the fact that you have colleagues that haven't heard from their bosses in two weeks says a lot about that company and you know you want to keep your employees engaged because this is employee retention as well i mean this is where a lot of your employees are going to find out the true colors <laughs> of, of, of you yeah know, the well, it, it goes back to leaders who they feel like they have anything to offer they have they're not in control and a lot of times they'll shut down because they don't want to show weakness so they kind of put their head in the sand and that's kind of what's happening because maybe they didn't talk to them before. And I, I know that, you know, I've worked in all different levels of this mortgage industry from, you know, I would say equity firms to call centers to private banks to uh, private brokers. The challenge we're faced with now, and this is, I'm going to say this, and I, I hope I don't offend anybody here. You know, two things. Call centers are really good at one thing. I can say many things, but call centers have a lot of leaders that focus on coaching 
They focus on make sure they sit with their employee and listen to a call or talk to them about how they feel about that call or, you know, and that's a form of psychology. That's a form of etiquette that goes with helping people feel good about their job. In our industry, if you're a banker, if you're a mortgage professional, I probably you've probably sat and talked to your leader about your numbers, about this one file, or about getting it, you know, why it's been sitting for, you know, 14 days and no one's talked to them. But talking about you and how you're interacting and how you're responding to the emotions and the relationships that are going on, that is a human thing that's missing in a lot of business, a lot of mortgage sites today. And because of that, it's numb. Going back to what I said earlier about the chemical reactions that you're used to having, it's a habit now that you feel like you don't need, but it's, it's a detriment going forward to what Rock just said. If we don't start coaching more and learning how to coach and develop people, not necessarily trying to make them better at their business, just make them better at understanding how they feel and how to respond to how they feel, that's going to be the key to keeping people and keeping the brand alive. So keep that in mind. So thanks for sharing that, Rock. And here's another slide for you, Rock. So here's some tips that I want you guys to look at. And Rock, let's talk about some of these. One of them I want you to talk about is that open up about your life, but be careful with visual success. Can you talk about that? Right. So obviously a lot of these videos are being taken from your home. And some of us have very beautiful homes, which we should be very proud of, yes. But at the same time, you have to understand how somebody that might be cooped up in a small, you know, one bedroom apartment, if they see that you are doing a video from this, you know, beautiful library or your gorgeous gourmet kitchen, you have to understand that that person on the other end might start feeling badly about their situation even more so. So, you know, you still have to be very respectful and, and sensitive to, to those cues. Yes, to the visual cues. <laughs> yeah, it's very important to see that people want to feel like they can relate to you. And if you're sitting, if you're, if you're um, you know, Range Rover is behind you and you're talking about how you want to drive it and you can't, that is not going to make them feel they can relate to you. They're going to feel like you're, you're really, you know, you're beyond them. You don't understand what I'm going through. And as soon as I feel that, I'm going to shut down from you. I might listen to you because you're my boss and say, okay, and smile. But my commitment to you, my William Wallace mentality, the ability to, to feel like I will fight for you and die for you is, will not be there. The goal is to be like William Wallace. You've got to be in the trenches with him, be just as dirty, and be just as honest. And that way they're going to feel like if you're that honest, then I can be that honest. And that's the key. So keep that out. And I'm good. Either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, there's a couple others, Raquel. Any, if you guys have any questions about any other points there, just bring it up so Raquel can talk to those. Um, I'm like trying to. Yeah, no, but um, oh, let's see. Uh, oh, thank you, Frank. <laughs> Um, no, Thanks, I, was just gonna, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, obviously, I think smiling is huge. Once again, I know a lot of leaders feel that they need to be very serious um, in order to come across like, the, you know, that, that there are serious people. But I think smiling is, is really key. And for some of you, it might be a little bit difficult, but I would say maybe practice smiling in the mirror. But it's huge, that smile. And then the eye contact, um, sharing you know, some of yourself here said share your failures, aspirations, true hobbies. I mean, you can always begin with a little bit of a tidbit, a story about, you know, you want to relate, you want people to relate to you. So if you just share a quick story, um, it'll evoke some emotion and then they'll, you know, feel a, a connection there. And 
I think it's funny. Tiffany just said she has a, a dance party three times a week. And, and I'm glad you brought that up, Tiffany, because, you know, you've got to be careful. You know, what you know, when we get back to the norm, you can imagine HR going, oh, my gosh, you know, like, you know, did you record that? Please tell me you didn't record that. So it's just got to be really careful. That's why I say share some of your failures, but also, um, you know, be careful about what you share. You know, it's like it's really um, dancing's fine, um, but it could get a little crazy after a month. So just be careful as well. Um, but it, and it goes back to one of the things I want to bring up is ordering food to be delivered to them is a great gesture to give to your team. You know, just have a, a meeting, but have foods delivered, or this pizza, or whatever it might be, um, have it delivered, and then at the same time, so you can have a party or a mixture with that. So yeah, those are really good points. So, they ordered they ordered food for all of us, um, which was great. It's it's those little gestures so, that go a long way. It does. Now, real quick, here's some questions I want you guys to have. And I know that you guys are going to get this PowerPoint, but these, you don't have to write them down to think about it. But these are great questions that make people think about themselves. And once they start talking to you about these things, there's going to be an automatic physical connection because they're going to be sharing personal things about them. These are things you should be talking about anyway as leaders. Not, and just let me say this. Do not ask these questions all at once that will seem like you're interrogating them and that would not be fun. But this is something that can last a year. Literally, you can get to know somebody over a year just with these questions. Because what excites you could be several different things. And you might find an article, find a magazine, find a, a class or something that you can actually, that could be a gift card to them versus a $10 gift card for their job well done. It could be a free class two dot, dot, dot. Um, these are things that I want you guys to really take note of because this is where the culture is shifting. It is definitely shifting to a what about me mentality. It's already been there. The Z generation has already been pushing this. And if you go to the dot-com companies, and so you know, I'm, I'm associated with all types of companies. I have an inner circle meeting every Tuesday morning with people from all over the world. And Raquel is a part of that call. And we have people from Germany. I have guys sometimes from India. But we talk on several levels. And the companies are doing things that are so different than the way we've used to do it. And I'm going to show you some of those in a minute. And I want you guys to really think about it. If you have the ability, I want you to use the chat box to chime in on what those things could mean for you in, in our business. So, but these are great questions to ask people because it creates more of a dopamine and it creates more of a feeling of connection, empathy, and feeling uh, connected to people in your brand. So this is what kind of feeling that comes from the, those kind of questions. Those questions alone create grateful, wise, creative, resourceful. And when that happens, I just want you to know when you have dopamine pushing through your body, when you're feeling good about the people you're re relating with or communicating with, and it's not about business, it's just about being human, it improves the immune system. And one of the biggest things that they just found that happened last year, that they found that high doses of dopamine, people that are happier, that are creative and more appreciative of being, you know, grateful, like meditation is getting real popular now because it's talking about gratitude. But what that does is it promotes dopamine in the body. And they've been showing that people with high doses of dopamine have lower levels of Parkinson's disease. They are finding that dopamine actually prevents Parkinson's. So, if you think about it, Parkinson's has increased by over, uh, I think it was like 280% in the last four years. And come to find out, stress is one of the major causes of cortisol and cortisol, that, the continued cortisol. And that has been the thing that does not mix with dopamine. You can't have them both simultaneously. So stress levels alone is really a major factor of, of not preventing dopamine, of producing dopamine. So keep that in mind. So with that said, I want you guys to start talking about something. Now, we only have a few minutes, but I want us to look. This is where we want to talk. 
I want you guys to look at this slide and think about this because once this is over, this is where your mind, the mindset of your employees are going. This is it. These are what people who work in a day, nine to five job, who drive to traffic and get there every day, this is what they're gonna be thinking about, I promise you. Um, so think about it, which one stands out to you? Have you guys started talking about these things? Anything that you think you need to talk about? And please use the chat box. Well, I had mentioned earlier to, to Julian about how, you know, this is a time where a lot of people are discovering their side hustle or things that they um, had put aside before. Now they have time for like our, you know, colleague who now has been focusing on his music and he's in the corporate mm -hmm. world and, you know, I've been painting. So a lot of people yeah. are going to rediscover those side hustles. So it, it would be a great way for the employer to be able to still support um, there are employees that have maybe, you know, have their newfound sense of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you, I'm going a, I'm to a literally lean to you guys on this one. Side hustles are extremely important now because people want to have some kind of feeling of uh, they have their own. Uh, offering up life coaching. Of course, me being a coach, I'm going to lean towards that one. You need to have third party consultants come in because when you're talking, there's a bias. You always have a bias as a leader. You, you, no matter what you say, you're biased because your focus is my my position, who I am, if you're leading somebody. If you're talking to a customer as a salesperson, there's always a bias. You know you want to get a sale, and they always know that too. So having a third party come in and validate or help share and spread what you're trying to get across is going to be a very important thing to have going forward. Um, having some protection. Think about all this, the data that's going around that's coming out of the house right now. Um, those are kind of things that are going to be extremely valuable, uh, like legal shield, things like they're going to protect you and protect your employee from identity theft to even yourself. I mean, people's credit is going to be protect, uh, be damaged. Maybe they're going to get calls from people and they don't want to have to deal with that. So if they had some kind of protection you offered where they had a, a resource that was legally there to help them get there. Those are kind of things to think about. Um, Okay, and then you, and then to the Sherry's point, do you think more people want to continue to work from home? So you got to think about who's going to be a, who's going to have the right to do that, and who's going to have to be the ones to come in. Um, that's going to be a very important thing. Who do we choose gets to work from home, and who doesn't? And then if that happens, that's a whole different training. If you have potlucks at work and you don't send food to the ones at home, then you're going to have feelings. If you have some people get promoted in the office and the ones that work from home seem to never get promoted or get bonuses or get raises or get new titles, those are things that are going to be very important to think about. So I want you guys to look at this because these are things that are coming up through the situation. And even though, like with Sherry's point, this will not be over anytime soon, a second wave may hit us, it could. Who knows? But at the same time, these are still action items that are going to be on people's minds. And I want you guys to keep this in heart because when we get back, just like we couldn't have work from home, we couldn't have 40 or 50% of our workforce work from home because of dot, dot, dot. We got everybody there within 24 hours. So it's a matter of understanding. It can be done. And people are not going to take it. We can't do it as a, as a end result anymore. Um, okay, so... Jordan, I think it's important to mention that it's okay to have hobbies as well. There's pressure to turn everything you're, you're good at into a side hustle and earn money for it. And it can take some of the enjoyment out of it. Rediscovering hobbies is just the purpose of having hobbies. I totally agree with you. I completely understand that. And that's our fault. 
I'm going to say we are telling people you can have everything in a one, two, three program if you buy it from me. And we've conditioned ourselves to think it's supposed to be easy. On a subconscious level, we've shot ourselves in the foot to try to make things easy. And like um, Tony Morrison said, nothing of value is ever easy. So we need to stop with that concept. So good point. But hobbies need to be something we work on, not something we just make money off of. So great point. But keep this in mind. This is something that's coming up. So real quick, because I know we're running out of time. Here's some employee perks that are already happening with some of the companies that are mostly remote. I just want you to understand there's a lot of companies that are mostly remote and they have these other things that are going on in the offices if you work in the office. But one of the most important things I think is now part of the new order of employees is a top bullet. New employees are offered two grand to quit after the first week of training if they decide they don't like their job. Companies are finding they save money by just giving them two grand to leave then have people fake it for three to six months and then get fired or four months or nine months and be a bad employee because they understand the importance of a brand. And we know this word of mouth travels much greater and much faster now than ever before. So that is a big part of now a lot of leadership's uh, direction when it comes to having people on the job. Um, but these are certain things I want you to have, fostering personal growth and learning versus business. You know, yeah, when I was, when I became a life agent, I, when I got out of the entertainment industry and fitness, I became a life agent and I learned sales. And then right after that, I learned nothing but psychology of communication and people skills. That's all they taught you. They never taught you the business because they didn't care about the business. They care about how you connect with people. And that's the thing, how you connect with yourself, how you set your goals, how you find who you are personally is a big thing. And then managers taking roles as coaches is another big thing. And that's one thing I say a lot of us need to work on. Uh, learning how to become a coach, learning how to coach people for the right way, the right reasons. So keep that in mind. So this is something that I, I put together for Rock to talk to, but it's really, we're going to make sure you have it. So when you're doing social media, these are certain things to understand. If you're talking to your team, they're just quick little tips on how to talk to them and some examples. I know it's, it's a little um, immature, but it's just something that reminds you when you're talking to people, acknowledging them, how to be personal, how to laugh a little, just some of the things we just talked about. If you had this subconsciously, you would be seeing this and you'd be more aware of it when you're dealing with your with your peers or with your customers, even with your, your employees. Raquel, do you want to speak to this at all? No, it's pretty self-explanatory. Okay, awesome. And then with that said, you know, one of my biggest things is, um, I don't know if you guys know who Wallace D. Uh, Wattless is, but it's the science of getting rich. He wrote that in 1903. And he said, you must leave every person you come in contact with, with the impression of increase. That's the way they talk then. But anybody you come in contact with has to feel like, wow, that was different. And I just want you guys, I hope you guys took something from this. I didn't have a lot of time to give what I, I know, all of it. I gave you a quick science study and just understanding how the brain works and just understanding you can curve this we will get through it. We might have a second wave of it. We might have three or four. It might be the norm now where we have to all shut down for a period of time. It might be the new norm, but it doesn't mean we can't learn something new. We can't develop ourselves and become better at engaging with our employees, with ourselves, and also with each other. So I hope you guys got something from it. I'm willing, if you guys are willing, let's talk to some questions and uh, please throw, throw them out there. Uh, okay. No, I was just reading Sherry's comment. Can you read it out? Can you read it out loud? Yeah, patience, patience is critical. The more bigger, better, and faster concept may change and new ideas will emerge from this. Our technology will grow in a great, great way for social media. Agreed. And I think, um, you know, the theme today, because I've been on other calls today as well, and it seems that everyone still is focusing on relationships. 
So with all this technology and social media, we still have to, you know, focus on connecting with one another. So that's why, you know, it's still so important for the leaders to be engaging with, you know, their employees and to really show that they care. And then, you know, for others just to be collaborating with other folks. I mean, I know that I've been collaborating with a lot of people that have the same job or role that I do, but we're, you know, we keep talking, how can we help each other? How, what can we do when this all is over though, you know, to still collaborate and help. And so I think if we all have that mentality of like, let's just build those relationships, let's help one another, let's support one another, encourage one another. I mean, there's so much positive that can come out of this. I'm starting to see more and more of that the more I speak to folks every day. Yeah, every, 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 every fire, you know, burns down a forest, but then a new one just comes up much more lush and green. So I, I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, even, um, you know, as you think about it, through stress, we all tend to band together. And you notice crime rates have gone down. Uh, it seems like there's nothing else going on in the world but this, because this that's what we're focused on right now. So in some ways, this has brought a lot of us together. But the goal, we still got to get business done. Let's be real. You guys still got to get work done. But because we're in a, a state of shock and we're still trying to navigate our, our emotions through it, you do need to be cognizant of how you approach your, your each other and your peers and how you work with, the, with everything. So I totally agree. Now, are there any questions or any comments? I think you guys, Sherry, thanks for making the comment. Kevin, uh, thank you so much. But any other comments or anything you guys want to bring up? And oh, so, job, you know, there's a, huh? I just job. wanted to say that, you know, That's thank you. I just wanted to say that you guys have a, um, you have an opportunity here, you know, and I, I'm going to ask you guys to go back to what I said in the beginning. Don't be the expert, be the student. Start looking at ways that you can be the outlier to. Don't be the, the, the music mogul that picks the same kind of band to be like everybody else. What can you do differently that's going to make your team, make you stand out? You know, be genuine, be 100% you. Just figure out how to let that be out there and you will see that it will be the thing that helps define your business, helps define your brand and, your, and keep you uh, moving forward in the right direction. Um, and I hope you guys got something from this. Um, I'll send the booklet to uh, Mortgage Collaborative so they can send it to you. It's much more, it's less fluffy and gives you some tangible questions, gives you tangible things you should be doing, how you can, what your team should be doing, gives you a checklist that they should be doing, uh, you know, working from home. It gives you a checklist as a leader, what you can do. So it just gives you some things that you can walk away with as you um, are managing virtual teams, like to uh, someone's point, this might be continuous going forward. And if anyone has any so questions, says, feel free to reach out to me too. Yeah, Great. and me too. You guys, yeah, I don't have your number on here, but you guys, everybody knows how to find Raquel. She's everywhere. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but Raquel and I are teaming up together as well to do some work. So if you guys want a group package, just let us know because we're definitely working on the developing of coaching and branding um, of, of, of teams. So that's something that is really an important thing to think about. I'm not going to undersell myself there. So keep that in mind. But um Amy, I'm going to go ahead and leave this to you now. So we're at this point here. Perfect. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to wrap up today's discussion uh, by reminding everyone, all of our attendees, check out our TMC Connect page, view our schedule of upcoming discussions. Um, thank you so much to Julie and Raquel. Really, really valuable information um, and, and super important to sort of get into the psychology of what's going on for everybody and love the positive um, spin on it as well. Um, keep sharing the issues, everybody with us, with your face, you know, the, all the issues you're facing with your TMC team. Um, we'll keep 
seeking out the resources and putting together discussions like these that are centered around the most pressing topics that are impacting your operations. Um, also want to thank again Julian and Raquel for sharing their invaluable insights today and to each attendee for taking the time out to listen in. It's not lost on us how frantically busy everybody is right now, so we truly appreciate you spending your time with us. Um, on that note, we hope you all stay well, stay sane, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Thanks, everyone. everyone. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Um, stay sane. Smile. Right? <laughs> Smile. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.